0: This is shit, isn't it? Yep. Solid gold shit, Maestro. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show. Uh, just. Someone's at the door, Steve. Just. Maybe they'll go away. They're just. Yeah, just ignore that. It. But, look, there's been this reviewer that has just been. I don't know. I don't even know if they like me. They never talk to me whenever we're doing this podcast together.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know what? They're not going to go away. Here, I'm just going to take the microphone with me and answer the door. Okay, just a second. Oh. Hey, Steve. Yeah. It's Roger Ebert.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Um, He's telling me to pretend that it's carolers outside. He wrote it on a placard that he's holding.
1: Well, well, I guess that makes sense in a way.
0: Oh, wait, he's changing the placard. Oh, Oh, it says, don't review this movie because I gave it three and a half stars out of four. Oh, You did? Roger, did you really? Oh, wait, then there's another placard. It says, I'm going to love this movie. Until I look like... Oh, oh my god, he just showed me a picture of a corpse, Steve!
1: Oh, Roger, why?
0: And now he's walking away! Uh, he's just leaving? Should I run up and give him a kiss? I, uh, Make him feel better? I, I don't want to!
1: Why did he do this?
0: I don't know, Steve! Why did he review this movie good? <laughs> hey everybody, guess what? <laughs> we reviewed a movie... And we're going to try really hard to not let you know what our review is. It's not going to work. No. Because, oh, guys, we're g- we've done so much for this podcast. <sighs> but this hurt bad. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, before I was interrupted by the bizarre sketch of Roger Ebert stalking me... I should tell you what, the sh- what we do on this show. We take a classic movie and we give it a fresh review to see if it lives up to its reputation. Whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, we're going to look at a little movie that's supposed to be about love,
1: right? That's what I was led to believe by the title.
0: That's right, we're going to review that love movie because it's Valentine's Day... But the movie set at Christmas! (laughs) The British comedy?
1: (laughs) You gotta put it in some kind of category.
0: Which, if you just read the cast, you would think, oh my god, this must be the greatest movie ever made! (laughs) Yeah. But it's not! The movie we're going to review... Is the romance comedy love actually right, Steve? Yes, yes. Hi, everybody who watched this movie in preparation for this review. Um, my therapist said to say th- sorry to everybody, <laughs>
1: that's one of the 12 steps.
0: I already apologized to Steve, and then we talked for an hour about anything under the sun before t- sitting down to re- have to look this movie in the face again, right, Steve? <laughs> yeah,
1: we've been putting it off for about as long as we, we could.
0: We talked about the Civil War, <laughs> Star Wars. We Now, granted, if we were hurting really bad, we would have gotten into a three-hour discussion about the minutia of Star Trek that did not happen, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. We're yeah, probably this, saving that for the end. This wasn't like Birth of a Nation, <laughs> or Heaven's Gate. But it's close. It's so close, right, Steve? Oh, no, yeah. Okay, so uh, you got any trivia you want to share before I tell all the people who to be disappointed in?
1: <laughs> um. Well, the only bit of trivia that I know about this movie, and, and if, if you have seen the movie and you've feel the same way that Jason and I feel about it, gentle listener, uh, it will horrify you, is that uh, apparently the original concept for the movie uh, <laughs> included not ten stories as the movie actually has, but f- mm-hmm. fourteen. There were, f- <laughs> there were four stories that this movie originally was supposed to have that they just had to cut yeah. out. And just they, think, cut, they cut four? Just think of how terrible those four must have been to be the four we that forgot, they cut out. You
0: forgot the, the framing device, too.
1: They cut that out. Oh, I didn't know about the framing device. What was the
0: Yeah, uh the, the framing device was that uh Rowan Atkinson mm-hmm. was an angel of love. Oh my god. Who would appear in all of the all of the stories? Mm. And uh I guess they thought that was too silly. <laughs> yeah.
1: They said, no, giving Ron Atkinson unfunny stuff to do in one scene is enough.
0: Yeah, or actually two, two. scenes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. In which he gives a knowing look to some person. And we're supposed to be like, what the hell happened just there? That was a leftover scene from when he was an angel of love, uh, apparently, yeah. that
1: they just left in. Fuck it. Anyway. Fuck
0: it. So, hey everybody, here's who made it. So, that now you can send letters to him and say never make a movie again, God damn it. Uh, please send letters. <laughs> it was ri- directed by Richard Curtis. Hey Steve, what other movies did Richard Curtis make?
1: Well, he was a writer on a bunch of movies that were popular like Four, Weddings, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what else did he he his dire- Bridget Jones's Diary? Yeah, Bridget Jones's Diary and Notting Hill and a
0: whole bunch of other romance bullshit. Shit that I didn't watch. Yeah, but... As a, Let's face yeah. facts, everybody. The British don't fall in love. They fall into mildly like. Oh, I mildly like you. I mildly like you. Let's get married. <laughs> Very well...
1: Oh, I suppose you will do. I suppose I
0: I would like to now apologize to all of our British listeners. I'm sure you feel very strong emotions, right?
1: And it's probably not fair to blame an entire country for this movie. That's true, and I'm not going to do that.
0: You guys made fuck it. You guys made uh, what was it? A bunch of violent movies. You made Train Spotting and a whole bunch of real good movies. You guys
1: feel things. Yeah, (laughs) they've made lots of good movies. It's it's just it's a shame that they also made this one. (laughs) But but let's not generalize, you know? Yeah. It was produced by Duncan
0: Kenworthy, Tim Bevan, Eric Fellner, Deborah Hayward, and Liz Chasen. That's the most producers I've ever read on this show. I don't know why it took that many. Do you?
1: Uh, it certainly doesn't show on screen. Or maybe mm-hmm. it does. I don't know.
0: Written by... Oh, Richard Curtis again. Mm-hmm. And what I mean written by... What I mean is he went into his junk drawer filled with story ideas for movies and just kind of mashed them all up into a ball and <laughs> threw it at a production company to make that <laughs> okay, here comes the painful fart. You ready?
1: Yeah, okay. Here we go.
0: <clears throat> Starring. I don't want to read even the first names, dude. You have to. I don't want to do it. He's dead.
1: People have to know.
0: <laughs> okay. The truth has to Alan, get out. Alan Rickman is hairy. Yeah. Emma Thompson as Karen Hugh Grant oh fuck I don't care about Hugh Grant or the next one Hugh Grant is David and Karen Knightley is Juliet Colin Firth as Jamie <laughs> S- uh, Sienna Gilroy as Jamie's girlfriend thanks for giving her a name <sighs> Uh, <laughs> Lucia Moniz as Aurelia. Liam mm-hmm. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson as Daniel. Thomas Sangster as Sam. I just gotta. I know. Bill Nighy is Billy Mac.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go on.
0: Gregor Fisher as Joe. Martin McCutcheon as Natalie. Okay, so far so good. I I'm not concerned about. Oh.
1: Go ahead. Chew and tell Edgy a forest painter. <laughs> There's there there's still a few more.
0: Andrew Lincoln is Mark. Mm-hmm. Laura mm-hmm. Laura Linney, what are you doing? You, you showed your boobs in this, Laura. You didn't do that in any other movie. Why this one?
1: Why this role? Can you say that? Why this role, Steve? I have no. I, I could ask that for every single person who appears <laughs> in this movie in any capacity. Hey guys, we're also only halfway through the cast list, yeah, yeah. so let's keep going. Yeah.
0: Rodrigo Santoro as Carl. Michael Fitzgerald as Michael. (laughs) Chris Marshall as Colin. Abdul Salas as Tony. Heike (laughs) Mackish as Mia.
1: Here's a good one.
0: Martin Freeman. As this is a story (laughs) in this movie? (laughs) As John... Joanna Page is Judy. Olivia Olson is Joanna. Uh, uh, Billy Billy Bob Thornton as the evil president of the United States.
1: Yes, I believe his name is Borge W. Gush.
0: Steve, my my hair is starting to fall out.
1: Okay, just a few more.
0: Ro- Rowan Atkinson is Rufus. There you go. Claudia Schiffer as stupid joke. <laughs> Nina Sosanya as Annie. Ivana Milkovic as Stacy. January Jones as Jeannie. Elisha Cuthbert as Carol Ann. Shannon Elizabeth as Harriet.
1: There we go. You're getting there. You're almost there.
0: Denise Richards as Carla. And Lulu Popelwell as Daisy.
1: (sighs) It's good. That's uh, now. It's now. It's done. I'm bleeding
0: internally. <laughs> it doesn't matter.
1: We better do this quick because I'm about to die. And just think. Think of how long it took to read those names, and then think of how much longer it takes to actually watch a movie featuring all of them. <laughs> <playthrough.
0: laughs> Music by Craig Armstrong. Cinematography. Oh, and Craig Armstrong, by the way. Other movies that he's orchestrated: Moulin Rouge. Um. <laughs> and the Romeo and Juliet by Boslerman uh, so uh he's not really known for his subtle scores no <laughs>
1: He wouldn't be, would he?
0: Nope. Cinematography by Michael Coulter, edited by Nick Moore. Production company Studio Canal, Working Title Films and DNA films, distributed by Universal Pictures. Just for this movie alone, Universal, I hope you go out of business. You don't have a superhero franchise, do you, Universal? You're trying you're trying to orchestrate one by getting all your Universal movie monsters together, but you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. (laughs) You're going to fail, and you're going to lose in the whole franchising thing. Right, Steve? Yeah,
1: that's prob- Back me up that's on probably this. what's going to happen, yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, let's just be honest. It's probably <laughs> Just
0: for this movie alone. <laughs> the Mummy looks like shit, Universal, and that Dracula movie didn't do anything, and they're going to try to do Frankenstein again, and I don't even know what the mashup will be. What are they going to fight, people? I, I guess, I have no idea. <laughs> Unless you guys don't know what I'm talking about, Universal is trying to create their own Marvel-esque universe Mm. out of their Universal movie monsters by remaking them badly and giving them a bunch of special effects and kind of turning them into neutral, heroic-type characters, rather than the evil monsters-that-eat-people kind of characters that they
1: are originally. because that'll work great everybody knows yeah, yeah it'll be it'll be awesome
0: oh anyway it was released in the United States cuz i don't care when it was released in England on November 14th 20, 2003 running time oh, 136 minutes yep budget 45 million box office 246.9 million so it was a success lots of people liked it yeah. Even even Roger Ebert gave it three and a half out of four fucking stars, and I'm like, what's wrong with you, Roger?
1: Nobody's were you perfect. on the take?
0: Mm. Now, for those of you who don't don't know, there's been a before Gary Marshall thankfully died. Yeah, I said it. Fuck, I don't care. Come at me, Gary Marshall's corpse. Before he passed away, he made a whole bunch of movies that basically ripped off this one over and over again, but used a different holiday instead
1: of Christmas. Yeah, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day. Yeah, Yeah. it's the love anthology movie. They're all garbage,
0: and I wish they had never been made. Remember how we said we were going to try to not reveal our review? Oh, fuck it. Whoops. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. I've done so much for this show and this movie. I, oh, I stopped halfway through and I went in, where my wife wouldn't even watch it with me. I went into the other room and I said, I hurt. <laughs> I regret that the internet was created for podcasts to exist. So let's, let's get to it, shall we? Let's do it. Yeah, we sound. <laughs> okay, Steve. Yes, yes. How yeah. do you want to do this? because the editing technique on this movie was let's just drop all the film in a blender and wherever the film lands, that's where we edit it together. Yeah, pretty
1: much. I mean, they, they, they do do the, the technique of, Oh, it's five weeks to Christmas. It's four weeks to Christmas. It's three weeks to Christmas to kind of let you know when everything is happening. But that's even that uh, feels like they shouldn't even have bothered.
0: <laughs> no, no one should have bothered with this movie uh, at all. So let's just take it as scenes come at us. Okay, sure. Because that way, if you haven't watched the film, the, you'll experience more of what the movie's like. It would be easier to take all of these stories and kind of explain each story, but each one of these stories is only about ten minutes long. Yeah. And And they're all really terrible. (laughs) And they're all awful. They're all awful. Some of them are completely pointless. Uh, Ah, So let's go. Um, how does the movie open,
1: Steve? Oh, well, there's a really wonderful opening scene of um, of people at, at Heathrow Airport. You mean
0: a montage? It, yeah.
1: We open the movie with a montage, yeah, it's, everybody. It's a montage of, I guess, just normal, regular people, normal, real people. And Oh,
0: and then we get narration Yeah, we, there's
1: it. a voiceover from uh, the Hugh Grant character, mm-hmm. and he's saying, uh, you know, whenever I get to feeling a bit gloomy, I think about uh-huh. the arrivals terminal at Heathrow Airport. And his whole point and is the- like, Oh, people arrive at the airport and there's people waiting for them and they're all happy to I'm, see each other. Uh,
0: I'm also going to reference September 11. Yeah, he,
1: he he slips in that 9-11 reference in the first two minutes of the... Two
0: years, two years after 9 Yeah,
1: in the holiday-themed romantic comedy. Uh, yeah, again, British romantic comedy. We, we get to think of that. Because he says, you know, I'm sure those, uh, all the people who, who left messages from the planes on 9 Thanks, movie.
0: Oh, yeah, now I'm thinking about that. Uh, Thanks, movie.
1: Messages of love, not hate, and I guess that's good. It's good that people weren't calling from the planes on 9-11 to tell people that they going. Hated I Heather. hate black people. <laughs> <I'm> good. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I think we're gonna die, and I just wanted to let you know that I fucking hate you, Like <laughs> That was
0: the last. The I've Catholic heard of Church it. is the true evil. Crash. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I don't think that was what's going through them. So, thanks, thanks, yeah. thanks.
1: Just in case you wondered whether or not the victims <laughs> of the of the nine eleven planes were sending messages of hate to their loved no, ones. No, they were. They sending
0: were. messages of deep sadness. Yeah. Thanks for thanks, thanks movie. For my, that's a great.
1: That's a great note. Thanks for on.
0: exploiting tragedy in for this movie when you first came out yeah. and trying to make it pass it off as something deep.
1: Especially since this is such a uh, um, a closely uh, observed artistic film. You know, a real work of art. Can you
0: imagine his his opening screed? You, you you give it it's a Valentine's Day card, and on the front is uh, an airport, and you open it up, and then it has his little monologue in the middle of it, where he talks about nine eleven, and then you sign it at the bottom, "Love for you forever, honey."
1: <laughs> That's what I get my wife every year. <laughs> Seems to work for me, if you know what I'm saying.
0: Okay, um, so then we cut to a scene in which we watch Bill Nighy desperately beg us to save him from the film. Oh
1: yeah, we get yeah, because Bill Bill Nighy plays Billy Mack, who is this washed up rock uh, star, and, and and we we eavesdrop on him recording a Christmas version of the song "Love Is All Around," where they take uh-huh. they swap out the word "love" in the chorus with the love with yep. the word "Christmas."
0: Yep, and they readily admit that the the song is shit, yep. but that doesn't stop the filmmakers from playing it over and over and over and over yeah. and over and over again throughout
1: the whole fucking movie. Or, or from making us watch him screw it up two times in a row yeah. so we get to hear him yeah. sing it a third time just so he now, can get full, it right. Now,
0: full admission, I would probably watch a movie with this character. This, is, If it was written well. Yeah,
1: because th- this is the only character that, that elicited even like a chortle out of me for the entire movie.
0: Uh-huh, and it was also the only character that was not connected to the other characters, ham-handedly. Yeah. Other than the fact that he they used him as a like a a, a uh, what's the word? I'm like, this has killed my brain. When you go from one topic to another topic, Steve. Oh, a, and and a segue, segue. A thank you. Yeah. They use little interviews and stuff as you know, someone's watching TV and he happens to be on yeah. it, and, yeah. and then they cut to something else. They use him like that a lot. Yeah, sure. I like this. I actually like this character and I like the manager character. Yeah. And this again, I'm going to point this out now. This movie feels like a whole bunch of ideas that the writer couldn't develop
1: oh, into an actual movie. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah, it's exactly mm-hmm. what it feels like. And yeah, and I mean, yeah, Billy Mack and the manager are relatively speaking the only decent characters in the movie. And if you add up all yeah. their scenes, you get maybe five minutes of stuff.
0: Maybe five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe total. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of the same for almost everything else in this. Yeah. Show. Yeah. Yeah. So now we uh, start the countdown clock. Five weeks till Christmas. Oh, boy. We needed that a countdown, right? Yeah, I guess. And now we have another montage where we meet everybody in the movie. We meet uh, uh, Jamie, who loves his girlfriend, I guess, a lot. And and he's played by Colin
1: Firth. So you know that Colin Firth. You know when Colin Firth has a girlfriend at the beginning of a movie that that's not going to last very long.
0: Yeah, and also by the way, I'm going to wind up calling him by the actors' names because for some reason they don't tell us the character names for a really long time throughout the movie, and you're just like, "I who's doing
1: this, uh, woman who's doing that." uh, Yeah, I I, when I was watching it, I would I just thought of them as their acting names because. A, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they're not characters. Almost none of their names are strongly established.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. So we meet um, uh, the dude with the dead wife and a stepson. Yeah. We we meet the guy who serves food. We meet um, the devil receptionist. We meet the movie people yeah. who are stand-ins on a movie set who do things that stand-ins don't do. <laughs> Um uh, no. we we meet the best friend and the best man and and his wife yeah. or their thing at the wedding. We we meet the prime minister and so we first cut to wedding bullshit. Yay. With a Beatles song because we're British. Yeah. <laughs> and um, is this the end of the movie already? Oh. It feels like the end of a movie. Please let
1: this be the end.
0: Because the two people get married, and then as they're about to leave, a chorus appears up on the balcony, and they're singing love. is all you need. And everyone's happy and clapping, and yeah. that feels like the ending of a movie, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: because it's one of those big, like, cheesy fake movie weddings where, like, you know, there's the, uh-huh. there's the people up on the balcony singing, and then, like, people in the actual uh-huh. audience for the, the wedding stand up with like instruments and start playing along to the song. Yeah. yeah.
0: And Andrew Lincoln is there and he's video. He's taking video of it on a little camcorder. It's going to become important later guys. And, um, he that it's a
1: little, a little tiny camcorder.
0: Yeah. And this is way before he started doing the walking dead. (laughs) Yes, that's right. He's British. Everybody. That's right. (laughs) Probably why he says Carl. So weird.
1: (laughs) Coral. Coral.
0: Anyway, that scene's over. Yeah, movies, we can leave... Oh, no. There's more... <laughs> Colin, Colin, Firth comes home, and it turns out his brother is sleeping with his. Well, I thought it was his wife. Apparently, it was his girlfriend. They were just shacking sleeping, up. Sleeping, yeah, See, I, or something like that. I told
1: you, Colin Firth. When he starts a movie and he has a relationship, it's you know that's not going to last long.
0: Uh, and then we c- and literally this is how this movie is edited, guys. We don't have ADD. This no. is how it goes. Now we cut to the re- uh, the reception, and we meet Colin, the idiot, who's going to go to America he tells his friend i'm going to america because american bitches are stupid <laughs> yeah
1: basically his friend says you know the reason that women don't like you is because you're an asshole and he's like no i'll just go to america and they'll love me because of my accent
0: yeah they'll love me because i'm british and i'll i'll get my dick sucked or something oh we cut away from that oh um now we're on the set of a movie yeah. in which we meet um uh, what's his name martin, what's her martin face martin
1: freeman and some actress whose name i Martin don't know.
0: freeman and yeah and they're both charming people but they're at stand-ins while they set lights and stuff yeah. and they're simulating a sex act with their clothes on and you're supposed to think oh that's funny yeah. and then they make her take her top off so we can see her tits and then he has to grab her tits because i guess that's funny yeah. too and then that scene is over and,
1: and i really hope you think that joke is funny because that's because they, they, they do it over it about 20 more point. times it's, it's their only that's the only thing they're allowed to do in The dumbest movie. fucking
0: thing in the uh, world <laughs> anyway yeah it's funny cuz they're having small talk while they're doing intimate things
1: for pretend. Yeah, and it's supposed to I guess it's funny every single time we see that exact same joke. Yeah, if you're 11, <laughs> they're doing that thing again. Yeah. Hey, I know, let's go to a f- oh, oh good, a funeral. Yeah, one wedding and a funeral.
0: A uh, a funeral and a depressed kid. Yeah. And we find out that Liam
1: Neeson is This made me really uncomfortable. I know, yeah, because Liam (laughs) Liam Neeson's he actually lost his wife. His wife actually died.
0: Not that, not that far along. Not that. I mean, it was like a few years prior to this. So when I see him start to cry later, I'm like, wait, um, was he supposed to cry right there? Because, uh, oh, I don't need to see him cry like that.
1: All I want for Liam Neeson in this entire movie is to see him embark on a quest for vengeance.
0: Yeah, just kill people. Kill somebody. You'll feel better. Please. (laughs) Please kill somebody. Start with the kid. (laughs) (laughs) But we have a funeral, and we play another pop song.
1: Yep, because it's been about 30 seconds since we heard one.
0: Yeah, it's been about 30 seconds. And we see that there's an adorable little depressed kid. Meanwhile, back at the reception... It turns out the best man, I guess, loves his best friend's newly acquired wife.
1: Yeah, right? yeah, because he sits down next to Laura Linney's character and she like instantly recognizes uh-huh. that he is in love with yeah. the bride.
0: Yeah. And also, uh, by the way, the best man the best friend is uh Papa papa
1: <laughs> she, she would tell Elijah for it. Thank you Ichel Chipapa papa.
0: I, unless it's right in front of me, I cannot say his name. I have to read it in order to be able to do it. And I haven't written it down every time he pops up. And he married um, Karen Knightley. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. and Good for her. So if he's betraying his best friend, he's betraying someone who could probably kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're cutting along, you're going, oh, this movie's awful, I, it can't hurt me anymore. Oh, Alan Rickman, all of a sudden in the movie. <laughs> uh, oh. What are you doing here? Oh, God. <laughs> oh wait now you're playing Cupid because it turns out the woman that was at the reception played by Laura Linney who's one of my favorite actresses yeah is in love with someone who she works with named Carl. Coral. And Coral. <laughs> and Alan Rickman wants them to get together. Yeah, for some reason. Right? And um uh the receptionist, his receptionist is in love with him. Yeah. The devil receptionist is in love with yeah, him. Yeah, she
1: has the super hots for him.
0: And then we have the worst transition ever back to the r- someone turns on a radio and then we go to the radio station.
1: <laughs> yeah, where they're already playing the single that we saw him recording in the first scene like
0: a day yeah, ago
1: it's like it's finished and it's on the radio mm-hmm. okay
0: and uh, he's given an interview where he just doesn't give a fuck anymore yeah, yeah. and now it's four weeks till christmas four more weeks four guys. four more weeks boy i hope all these people find death i hope they die
1: <laughs> that's the only way that could <laughs> it has this has to lead to 28 days later that has to be the <laughs> beginning
0: <laughs> that would
1: be perfect. <laughs> if the ending was the virus um, of twenty eight days later, it would be. Oh, that was great.
0: So now we meet the prime minister who's doing political stuff. Is showing up at Number Ten Dowling yeah, Street. He's meeting his staff because he, I, he just got he, elected. Yeah. Right. And then he meets his girl, and she she's uh, lower class and she cusses. Yeah, and he likes her. Yeah. I guess. I
1: don't and he know. and for some reason he has like a huge problem with that. He seems yeah, immediately I, uncomfortable around her because I guess mm-hmm. he
0: likes her. And then we cut to some more hilarious simulated sex with the stand-ins mm-hmm. and I guess they're falling in love. Yeah, they... Yeah. And you know they're falling in love because there's one musical cue for when people fall in love. And that musical cue starts playing and then you know, oh, love feeling. Because we're stupid. <laughs> Guys, I didn't know, I don't know if you know this, but the makers of this food movie want to make sure that we, that we understand just how dumb we are. That we can't tell when people act like they're falling in yes. love. That they're falling in love. <laughs> they need to make sure to put an audio cue in there so we get it.
1: Especially when you have a, a cast this talented. I'm sure that there's no... <laughs> no way they could get across falling in love without some very heavy-handed help from the soundtrack.
0: Oh, and now we cut to wh- more of Colin. Remember him? Yeah. He's going to Wisconsin. End of scene. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Colin. Bye. No, he still doesn't leave now yet. I
2: know. I know.
0: Now we cut to Alan Rickman, who's planning an office party. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's the musical cue again, telling us that his receptionist is in love with him. Yeah, we
1: already knew that, but now I don't in know case why we, we to be,
0: Yeah. Oh, back to Widow Dad.
1: <laughs> oh man, that, the movie should be Widow Dad, and it should be like it should be a violent revenge mm-hmm. fantasy.
0: And he's in his kitchen with Emma, whatever her name I don't know what her fuck uh, I don't Emma care. Thompson. They know each other somehow. The, yeah, they're friends, I guess. And uh, he buried his wife last week, and uh, he can't understand why his son's upset.
1: <laughs> I don't know what his. problem problem is his mother's been dead for a week it's time to get over it
0: he breaks down and cries his friend tells him don't be a wuss I would like to reiterate wife dead for one week
1: yes <laughs> and she says no one will shag you if you're gonna be such a wuss or something like that because
0: that's important yeah. <laughs> then they eat cereal directly out of the box he goes up to talk to his son or his stepson yeah. whose mother has died a week ago he's eight yeah. um, but he's not upset about that I mean yeah sure he thinks about he's a little
1: bum but yeah.
0: yeah but he's he's uh, he's not uh, really upset about about that he's upset about oh my god he's he's, in, he's love. in
1: love with a girl at his school oh there's the music again yeah, <laughs> we even need the music when the character literally says I'm in love with someone uh-huh. we still need the music to, to reinforce it
0: cut to a pointless scene in which Sarah sees Carl at the office and he says goodnight and she says goodnight. Oh, but the, End of that scene! Don't <laughs> you
1: see she was going to say hi to him and, 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 and she blew her big chance to, to tell Coral how she feels. I don't care. I don't, know, I don't either. But. We
0: had the musical cue. We know, Now we know that she's in love with yeah. him. Even though we've already been told by other characters that she's in love with, yeah. she's been in love with him for two years. And we
1: also know that she's a coward.
0: We also know that she gets all of these mysterious phone calls on her cell phone all the time. Yeah.
1: Boy... I can't wait for the payoff to that one. I'm sure it'll be great.
0: Oh now we cut to Alan Rick. Oh we did that. I'm confused, Steve. Oh, hey guys, remember Colin Firth? Yeah. That thing all the way at the beginning of the movie, which was literally like twenty five minutes ago? Um he's in France. I guess.
1: France, <laughs> Italy, some one of those European countries that speaks a he's, romance language.
0: He's wandering around a mansion or a, just a giant cottage yeah. or, or something. Because I guess he's rich. He's got a typewriter. He writes books, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's what he does. And and he says, Well, here I am alone again or some maudlin bullshit. Yeah, the
1: kind of thing that you would say out loud to yourself when you were alone. You know.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. uh Oh, wait. Before we can find out anything about him, we cut to the Prime Minister. <laughs> And uh, the Prime Minister and Natalie, that's the low girl's yeah. name, have a little, a little small talk. And, oh, no, the music, you know what that means? He's in love oh. with her. Yeah. And apparently her, is that when he asked her about her boyfriend? And then he inquires and she said, we broke yeah. up because he thought I was fat. And this is the only time that other people thought she was fat. And I've seen this actress walking around. Um, yeah. Is she fat, No,
1: f- it's one of the strangest running jokes in this movie <laughs> that, that she keeps being referred to as chubby. Yeah. and As chubby uh, or chubby. Chubs, or that walking Goliath? Yeah, it's like that. That that woman
0: mountain that enters into Ten Dowling Street. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yeah it's like real. I no, not really. <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough when they fat shame actual fat people. <laughs> when mm-hmm. you're going to fat shame someone who just weighs a, a fairly typical weight. I mean...
0: I mean, what what's normal for these people? A skeleton? Yeah, I mean... I don't understand.
1: Yeah, Kira like oh. Knightley could stand to drop a few pounds. I'm just saying.
0: Oh. Before we can recover from that, we have to go. And the kid and, and the dad are going to plan to get the kid some tail, I guess. Yeah. I don't know where they plan on... But yeah, we're going to get this girl and now the rock star is on tv and i'm like why aren't why isn't this the yeah, movie yeah yeah <laughs>
1: He's on he's on like a, a like a, a countdown show or something. I don't like, care. I don't know like like I don't I don't care. He's at this talking point. we about don't spend his any t- terrible yeah. single his Christmas single. He he throws
0: his manager under the bus on a regular basis. Yeah, like oh I hate my manager and something like that. Now we cut and we find out that the best man works at an art gallery. Yes, that has nude pictures up on the wall. That's Christmas themed simply because they put Santa hats on nude people. <laughs> Or over a woman's nipples. And uh, Karen Knightley shows up and she's like, Hi, I want to see the wedding video. And they imply that he doesn't like her. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, we don't see this coming a million miles away, but he's like, yeah, oh, sure, uh, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> it was about this time that blood started to pour out of one of my eyes. I had to look away from the screen. <laughs> and we go back to more matchmaking with Alan Rickman. <sighs> Um, and then she gets another mysterious phone call and the receptionist like spreads her legs and lifts her skirt up and starts fingering herself right in front of Alan Rickman going, do you get it yet? I like you a lot. <laughs> <sighs> meanwhile, <laughs> we're going to say meanwhile a lot. Yeah. Colin Firth, um, it's, he's in France and, uh, the French lady says, here's your housekeeper. Um, she's Portuguese and, um, gee, I wonder if he'll in love no, with I, Portuguese housekeeper. I think you're really gonna like her. It's funny because you can't speak Portuguese, get it? You can't speak the language. Yeah, and,
1: and she can't speak English, so No, the it's funny. It's
0: hilarious. Yeah. Meanwhile, evil president of the United States Billy Bob Thornton visits the Prime Minister. Billy Bob looks like he doesn't want to be in the movie at all at any point. I
1: think they must <laughs> have just, you know, grabbed him at an airport and hustled him onto the set and said, you're gonna be the president, you only have two scenes go.
0: But in a movie that is comprised solely of subplots, they manage to get another subplot in there in which apparently the president's going to show up and boss everybody around and get what he wants. Yeah. And then uh, they walk into a room and um and the prime minister leaves for a total of maybe seven seconds yeah. when uh, Natalie walks in and when he comes back.
1: What's happening, It Steve? looks like the, the president is putting the moves on Natalie.
0: And what does Natalie look like? What's happening? She doesn't
1: seem like she likes it very much.
0: She looks like She's trying to not be raped, is what it it looks like. She has a very. Do you think the Prime Minister notices that? I think maybe he does. No, he doesn't. All he sees is that someone was kissing her because he's a fucking prick. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs)
1: But it does give him um, – it, it gives him the, the backbone to stand up to the United States at their press conference.
0: Yeah, they have a press conference, and he says, hey, we're a great country, and uh, you're not going to get what you want. And then the only reason I'm saying this is because I'm upset that I saw you kissing a girl I like.
1: <laughs> I'm, the, but I'm the
0: leader of the government. apparently everyone's – yeah, everyone's super happy about it. Oh, and it turns out that Emma, the one that's married to Alan Rickman, we don't know that yeah, yet yeah, either, we'll, we'll by th- the way. We'll leave,
1: they kind of dropped that on you.
0: That comes out. She is the Prime Minister's sister, yeah. and she's married to Alan Rickman. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Aren't you glad you know that, that everything's connected? Yeah, it's,
1: boy, it's, it makes you think. <laughs> it's like a great metaphor for life, huh? Uh huh.
0: Yeah. It's like a big old pile of vomit. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and you're like, all of it's connected in that pool, the corn and the beef. Yeah, and... look at all of it. Candy corns I don't know why I ate those While having dinner But why not um, And then the PM goes home And then he has An embarrassing dancing moment Yeah Because this moment This movie Will not disappoint me With the minute He starts dancing To some Oh god awful God awful 80's song You know You're like Oh someone will be Standing there And they'll see him, And then they don't Disappoint someone Standing there And they see him dancing And it's hilarious Right Steve It's, it's fucking Yeah battery. it's cause
1: I guess The music was in his head The whole time I don't care Cause as soon as yeah, He sees the, music the woman just like disappears. The music disappears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has mental problems. Yeah, he's he's not doing very well.
0: Hey, Steve, do you remember the last time we saw the little thing that told us the countdown when we we're at 4 oh, weeks? Yeah. Now we're at 2 weeks.
1: <laughs> Good. Good. I'm glad.
0: <laughs> it's going by faster. Let's,
1: let's just skip right to Christmas.
0: Hey, guess what, Steve? What? Colin still can't talk to his housekeeper. Oh no. <laughs> And then she comes up and she lifts up a piece of paper and all of his book goes into the lake. And then she takes off almost all of her clothes. Uh, And that's when he gets a boner and realizes that he likes her. And then she jumps in the lake. And then he jumps in the lake to save the thing. And then a translation gag happens that I can't stand. And they do it for so long. Oh, my God. And they do it in in subsequent
1: scenes, too.
0: Yeah, Yeah, they do it in subsequent scenes in which they say something like this. I hope he doesn't know that there's poison in this mug. Hmm, I think there's poison. Poison in this yep. mug, and they do it back and forth. And it's, there's no poison, guys. Nothing like no. There's nothing like that. I would have. Oh boy, I would have oh. loved it if she's if she was like, I hope he. I hope I don't if he realizes that I I wipe my ass with the towels in his bathroom, and he goes, "It smells like someone wiped their ass <laughs> from the towels." That's nothing
1: like that. Uh, unfortunately,
0: it's this stuff. I love you. I love you. Oh no, we can't communicate to one another. <laughs>
1: I don't feel like talking. That's anymore. it, and that's that's pretty much that story. I mean,
0: that's uh, no, this that, that's yeah. it. They, he drives her home. Yeah, oh, driving. And she her, says something like, "Driving yeah, her home is the is his happiest part of his time day. of day." And she says, "That's the saddest part of my day because I want to suck your dick." <laughs> Not that. Sorry, that's a different kind of yeah. movie. I, I well, she really you. is French. Love, love with. Or she's Portuguese. <laughs> she's she's Portuguese. Portuguese. So now we have the best friend and his best friend's wife at his apartment, and the video. Thing and she's like, "Hey, I know you don't like me," which is ironic, right? Yeah, Stephen? because he does That's like ironic. her. He likes her a lot. What a well-crafted screenplay. He, he likes her so much that he's a dangerous creep. Yeah, he.
1: <laughs> he she finds the the video which he shot with.
0: Oh no! I gotta need to point this out. He was filming it on a yes. handheld camcorder during the wedding, but it somehow magically turned into a VHS a full-size tape.
1: VHS tape.
0: And she's like, I want to see it because the wedding photographer made everything blue, and I just want to see how my dress is. And she puts it in the machine, and she starts watching it. And all of the scenes are shot like a stalker from (laughs) from across another room of just her. And it turns out the super creep only took video of her. And she slowly realizes
1: (laughs) that she has to get out of this house. That he's a
0: super creep. No, (laughs) because that's not what happens. She goes, "What? You never said anything." Instead of "What? You just videotaped me."
1: I'm getting the fuck out of here, and I'm taking this tape with and me as evidence.
0: No, she he leaves. Doesn't he yeah. leave her in the apartment? Yeah, he
1: says you can lock up. He, he makes up some excuse yeah. so he has to leave. And
0: he's like, "Goodbye, I'm leaving you in my apartment, and I'm walking away." <laughs> now he's trying to figure out how to kill her before his friend finds out. <laughs> um, but so he's he's a prick. He's a prick. He's a he, prick. He's a creepy, creepy prick. Yep. And if you think he gets better after this, he you know, gets worse. He gets he gets worse. He guys. gets
1: super worse.
0: Oh, but wait. Well, now we're back to the Prime Minister, and he fires Natalie yep. <laughs> because of what he saw with the President. And um, because he's a prick, too. So yeah, he's a prick, too. <laughs> so he's a prick, too. Two pricks so far. <laughs> oh, no. The little kid's girlfriend turns out she's America, and she's moving back to America. Oh, she's going to
1: leave after Christmas.
0: And he's sad. Oh, well. So, how do you cheer up a nine year old who's sad, Steve? I guess you
1: watch Titanic. I'm sorry. You, you, watch, you watch Titanic together. And and you act out the the Jack uh, and or the Leo and Kate on the on the front of the ship, you know, I'm king of the world scene, where where you as the father play Leonardo DiCaprio and your young eight year old son plays Kate Winslet. What? Yeah. And you do, you know, I'm the king of the world. And
0: You know, most bad movies reference better movies in their films. <laughs> That's true. This movie referenced a bad Another movie. Another bad
1: movie. Yeah. But a very popular movie.
0: Inappropriately with a nine year old who probably shouldn't. Have watched it, yeah, and probably would have been bored by it,
1: yeah,
0: right, probably, yeah. (sighs) Oh, but we got to cut back to the prime minister, who's sad that he's a prick. Yep. Now let's cut away from that scene. (laughs) Yeah they just show him moping around $10 yeah, and Street. somebody
1: else brings him cookies and he's like I wish that was Natalie oh yeah Natalie
0: used to bring me cookies oh shit I miss her big fat misshapen body
1: if only <laughs> I could look up her name in the personnel records and find out where she lives oh well
0: yeah well he's not
1: gonna no, do it not. right? he's not ever gonna do that actually
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Colin Firth and the Portuguese woman. I guess she's going away or something. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, he he's packing up his stuff. I guess he's going back to England. He spent his two weeks in France. Oh right. And
0: yeah. And she's going back to Portugal. I guess. Yeah. Because she she's not going to stay in France to be a housekeeper. I guess she's going back to Portugal. She knew it was
1: a temp gig.
0: Uh huh. And then they uh, mime at each other, and then she kisses him. Oh, and the m- music's sad now. Yeah. Cause you're supposed to be sad, everybody, yeah. and then he gets in a car accident. Yeah, something.
1: and then that's all that we see of that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, but that's okay because now we're going to the Christmas party at the art museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, oh, yeah. And Alan Rickman is yeah. there, and his receptionist is dressed like a devil because Subtle is the name that's of this movie, right. guys. She's, she's an <laughs> evil
1: temptress. See,
0: okay. I would like to remind everyone, Christmas party. Mm-hmm. She's dressed like, like a devil, a
1: devil with horns and everything, L-
0: like like you do at Christmas.
1: Yep. A Christmas devil. <laughs>
0: You know. Anyway, so his wife sees him dancing with her and she's kind of like, I'd fuck you right now. Right here and right now. I'll do anything. Anything you just tell me. I love you so much. And he's like, um, okay. And Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Nope. Emma, thank Emma God, Watson God she's face. not in this. She <laughs> escaped. <laughs> Emma's, Emma's watching them and she's that suspicious. Hmm. They're dirty <laughs> dancing right in front of me. That doesn't
1: seem too smart. Yeah. He, he knows I'm here. We came together.
0: Hmm? All right. now we, we go back to the the PM, who's still a mopey yeah, prick. Yeah. But it's okay, because now he's watching uh, a TV interview with the rock star. Yeah,
1: see, it all ties together.
0: And this movie is fucking pointless, yeah. everybody. Is
1: this the... It's pointless.
0: That's what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> this movie is fucking pointless! Exclamation yeah. point! What a fucking waste of my time! Two exclamation points! Why am I watching this? Underline and, and Three exclamation <laughs> points!
1: And This is the scene, I think, is this the scene with the rock star where he, he says if his, if his Christmas single gets to number one he'll perform it on TV naked naked yeah. or something and, so, and this yeah. is the point where if you're watching this movie in the theater you you stand up and raise your hand and you say if I guess how all these stories resolve can I just leave now
0: can I get residuals from it <laughs> and <laughs> then make a good movie yeah <laughs> Um, we're uh, back at the party. We have to go back to the oh, party, yeah. and uh, Sarah and Carl dance. Remember that plotline, yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah, they remember they that. Like other, Sarah, yeah. she's in love with Carl. She works with Alan Rickman. And if you do, congratulations. I didn't. I forgot they were even in the fucking yeah, movie. Oh, this is still going on. And then Carl drives Sarah home, and then uh, they kiss, and then she takes her top off. In which I screamed at Laura Linney, "Why did you do this for this movie?" <laughs> and And then she gets her phone call, and it turns out that the person she's been talking to, who she calls Darling all the time, because that was only in there to trick us into thinking that she's having an affair, turns out she calls her brother Darling. Oh, and it turns out her brother is a lunatic (laughs) in an insane asylum, (laughs) for some reason. And that apparently is a boner killer for Carl, who doesn't like the fact that she has a life and she's a real person. All he wanted to do was to get his dick wet, and now that he can't do it, he's leaving. Bye, Carl. Yeah, it's a real mood killer when it turns out that the person you want to have sex with is, uh, you know, a person. (laughs) I
1: mean, I always hate that. Yep.
0: But before we can dwell on that, we have to cut to Alan Rickman and uh, Emma getting ready for bed. And she says, the woman you were dancing with was pretty. And he's like, oh, she was? And she's like, yeah, you better be careful. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking
1: about. And that's, it's
0: over. (laughs) She's like, no,
1: seriously, I'll fucking kill you. And then we cut to a pointless scene in which we see devil receptionist get home and strip down to her underwear. In in a movie comprised almost entirely of pointless scenes this stands out as a particularly <coughs> pointless scene
0: and now we cut to Sarah and she meets her brother in the nut House. Yeah, yeah and he's violent yeah and nearly hits yeah. her yeah thanks that's a nice bracing cold cup of water right in my face and also hey look at that there's a movie somewhere in here that could have been developed into something else if someone had bothered yeah. to do no. it
1: <laughs> we'll just put it in this movie as an afterthought that's probably the best way to handle it that's the best way to tell this particular story <sighs>
0: Then we cut to Emma, who is worried about her. This is just a scene. Emma is worried about her husband, Alan
1: Rickman. There we go. That's the end. In case we forgot about that. Maybe
0: he should fire his receptionist, because she's always hitting Mm. on him. I mean, yeah. Maybe he won't, because he's a fucking prick. (laughs) And he says, what do you want? She says, I want something pretty. He's talking to his reception. I want something pretty. You going to buy me something for Christmas? And he's like, I guess. And then he leaves, and he meets his wife, and they go Christmas shopping. And that's where we meet Mr. Bean. I'm sorry, Rowan Atkinson. And we have a very long scene in which two professional comedians who have made me laugh in the past. Laugh Mm -hmm. hard. I have seen I can picture them doing incredibly funny things. um, Not doing anything funny at all for an extended period of time.
1: (laughs) But they they seem to be trying to do funny things. It's just that none of the things are remotely funny.
0: No. And here's one of the reasons why. He sees a necklace and he's thinking, I'm going to buy that necklace and we don't know who he's buying the necklace for. Is he buying it for the receptionist or is he buying it for his wife? We don't know. That's a plot point. We're kind of concerned about what he's going to do because we we like Alan Rickman, despite the fact that he's in this movie, <laughs> and we like his wife too, so we have a little bit of tension where we're like, "Don't do it, Alan Rickman," but we're interrupting it with Rowan Atkinson, who's been told, "Yeah,
1: wrap wrap a, a gift, funny." Yeah. And the they they do this the, the this <laughs> bit where he's he's like over wrapping the gift, and it just dies, and it plays like it plays like a sketch that would have been cut from like a sketch show, you know? Like Mom, oh, they, they were yeah. like, oh, God, "We thought this was going to be funny, but now we, we're not going to do that." Yeah.
0: yeah. So what should have been gold is yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's okay because we. All only Have one week till
1: Christmas. Oh, thank Steve. fucking one Christ.
0: Week. One, one week till Christmas. Hey, uh-huh. Steve,
1: do you remember Colin? I, it's okay if you don't he's, remember who yeah, he is. Yeah, he's in the, movie. the guy who's going to America to get laid. Um, um, or, uh,
0: we, or is it the stand ins? Yeah, we get another of the stand ins. It's the same
1: scene, though.
0: It's... Wait, are, yeah, we get both of them. Do you remember either one of those? No? no? There yes? was another scene. Are you dead here. yet? Are you dead yet? Are you dead? Because that's the point of the movie is to only murder on you on the inside. If, you, if you're alive, <laughs> maybe you'll remember who they are. But we have a couple of scenes. Pointless scenes where the same fucking thing happens. Colin says, "I'm going to America," and the stand-ins are naked, uh, b- pretending to have sex and having to chat back and forth.
1: Yeah, so they can get the lighting right.
0: They don't. They don't do that, Steve. They yeah, that's
1: sure they do. It's in the movie. That's what they, they do. The stand-ins do get naked and they simulate the sex scene. If they, they need to get the lighting the right,
0: they put them into flesh-colored body stockings if they have to do that. Oh, they no. don't. They don't tell stand-ins to get naked and and simulate a sex act. They don't do it.
1: I mean, it's, and also,
0: I, what fucking movie is this? Because the sex acts we've seen them simulating is getting fucked from behind against a pole fellatio and a bunch of others are they making a a, like the highest class porno (laughs) ever it's
1: it's the most highly budgeted porn in the history of british cinema it probably won baftas out the ass Mm -hmm. this porn that they're making
0: so when we come back and colin firth is gonna
1: learn portuguese Mm -hmm. yep he's well he's i guess so yeah. He's, he has the headphones on. He's listening to the tapes. Yeah, now, and now we cut to Colin in America. He's gone to what state, Steve? Uh, he said he was going to Wisconsin.
0: He went to Wisconsin. And he yeah. tells the the cab driver, take me to the typical American bar or the first American bar or any yeah, bar.
1: Something. Because
0: he said that he'll meet so many hot girls in any bar and it's going to be great. And he goes into a bar and it turns out that uh, the United States is populated by simple sluts
1: yep. and then the movie becomes a fucking cartoon. <laughs> yep. He, exactly. Exactly. It, it it plays like a, a deranged dream sequence that Colin might have, but it turns out it's, it's actually life. happening <laughs> in which she huh. goes to bed with four women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no punchline. That's it. Nope. That's just what happens. No. <laughs>
0: That's okay. Now we're going to cut back in. It's Christmas Eve now. Mm, it's Christmas yeah. Eve. We now don't get the title dead. yet, but I know it's Christmas Eve because this is what some British people do is they open presents on Christmas Eve. And now we're with Alan Raymond and Emma and she saw a package in his pocket that was the necklace we didn't cover that because fuck you movie and then she put it back and she thought I'm getting this neat necklace for Christmas and she saw a package underneath the tree and she thought Oh, I'm getting that necklace and she says I want to open this one and he's like okay and she opens it and it's a Joni Mitchell CD now I can understand being really upset because you got a Joni Mitchell CD for Christmas I would throw that shit on the ground
1: (laughs) Well for 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 one thing, she's it's been already established that she's like a huge Joni Mitchell fan, so she's gotta have that one. Uh, Yeah. I mean he bought her a CD that she already has.
0: Yeah, I know, but what this means to her is that he bought the necklace for someone else. He bought that
1: necklace for that that, tramp devil receptionist.
0: Yeah. So that means he's having an affair or something, right? Yeah, yeah. He's Uh he's
1: he's a low down. And then we cut really
0: briefly, oh no, the devil receptionist has the necklace! (gasps) And then we cut back to her and we have an extended crying scene.
1: Yep. That it's just hilarious.
0: Yep. Marriage over, I guess. I don't know. She composes herself and then she goes back trying to pretend that everything's happy. <clears throat> right, Steve? Everything's happy. Everything's
1: Everything. Happy. Yeah, the kids are going out Everything? to sled ride or something. No,
0: and... no. All points converge on this Oh, that's thing. right.
1: They're, yeah, they're going to a, they have a Christmas pageant that they're all going to, yeah.
0: Yeah, also, by the way, the, the stand-in couple, he asked her out on a date to go out and do something and she said Yeah. Because we were invested. Anyway, uh, hey, <laughs> I guess I guess the, the little boy and Liam have completely forgot about the dead mom. <laughs> <laughs> cuz here's the thing that this is all they talk about at this point and um it, they've come up with this dastardly plan in which it turns out that his girlfriend's going to be playing in this the Christmas pageant that is school and he thinks that if he learns to play an instrument and play during the Christmas pageant that she'll notice him and then, then they'll fall in love or something before she goes back to America
1: right yeah and and Liam Neeson's like I am completely on board with this
0: I'm going to do this because uh, this is called grief hysteria in which I am crying desperately <laughs> to ignore the screaming maw in my soul by fully investing and in making sure that eight-year-olds fuck or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to I tell don't. what
1: he, yeah, what What do you think is going to happen with this exactly? <sighs> so
0: Billy Mac's song
1: is number one, Steve. Oh, you know what that means? No. He's gonna do it naked on TV. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, but he isn't. we don't bring that up.
1: No, not yet.
0: And uh, then he says, I'm going on a, I'm going, I'm going to get invited to a party. And then Elton John calls him and says, We don't see Elton John, guys. Don't don't worry. Even he, even he decided not to be in this piece of shit. And he apparently calls him and says, Come to my party. And he says, Okay. In which Elton John is throwing a party that doesn't sound like an Elton John party at all with naked girls and stuff. That doesn't sound like an Elton John
1: party to me. Something about that seems wrong.
0: (laughs) But that's okay. We cut away from that. It turns out the stand ins went on a date,
1: right? Yeah. Are you happy? And they kiss at her they door kiss. and he, he hops. And then down she, off the stoop she and... quotes
0: a fucking fucking song. She says All I want for Christmas is you. And one of my <sighs> teeth fell out, I think. <sighs> one of my teeth fell out at that point. I was like, What? <laughs> what happened? One of my teeth fell out. It's... I got a, I got an overwhelming sense of sweet taste in my mouth. Yeah. And then one of my teeth fell out, and I'm fairly certain half of my brain cells died. Did you really say that in the movie movie? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Then we cut to Colin, who goes home, visits family for three seconds. He walks yeah. in the door, and they go hi. And then he goes, "I gotta leave because I'm in love or something."
1: Yeah, I, I just now decided I'm going to Portugal.
0: Yeah, I wonder if his brother was there. Oh <laughs> man, I hope so. You remember that the brother that had the affair? Yeah, the, the
1: thing the that caused him to do all the things that, that went he to did France. In his yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Oh yeah, we get reminded that the prime minister is still a miserable prick. Yep. Sam is still practicing the drums. Oh, remember the best man? Remember him? Yeah, the best man Steve. Yeah, he's uh. He's uh, he's gone completely insane. Oh,
1: oh yeah, he's going to do something super creepy. He
0: he he did what he what Ebert did at the beginning of this review. He shows up yeah. at her house. Yeah, and luckily he answers a couple, the door. Here is a couple of things. Yeah, because it could have been his best friend that answered the door. He's standing there with a boombox and placards that says. <laughs> Tell him it's carolers, right? <laughs> yeah. Then he plays music that isn't carolers. It's a single person singing. Yeah, but whatever. And on the placards, it says, uh, Hey, I, I love you, and I'm going to love you forever. And the last one is has a corpse on it. Yeah, he went out there and showed her a placard <laughs> with a corpse on it.
1: He says, I'll love you until you look like this.
0: Yeah, and then it showed. He basically said, I'll love you until you're a moldering corpse, probably in my refrigerator. I don't know. Well, <laughs> bye. <laughs> This and is held up as one of the most romantic things ever done in a movie, yeah. and it is probably one of the most deeply disturbing things I have ever seen. It's
1: it's awful in so many ways. <laughs> in so many ways.
0: Remember, your best friend is ten feet away. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, and... Throughout the movie, we have been given no indication that the best friend is anything other than a good a good guy. He's yep. not like the evil husband that we want Kieran Knightley to leave nope. you know to get with Andrew Lincoln. No. He's just a nice guy who married mm-hmm. a girl who yeah. Andrew Lincoln has the hots for, what? and Andrew Lincoln decided I'm gonna I'm gonna do something for my own selfish reasons yeah. that will that will guarantee that every time this girl sees me from now until the end of her life, it'll be super weird.
0: Maybe she'll just have a twinge of regret according to this movie. Or something I don't know But Uh, then he walks away She runs up She kisses him Yeah And then he says Enough Because that's how much Control he has Right
1: Yeah He's obviously A beacon of self-control Yeah
0: (sighs) I don't want to go on.
1: There's, there's, there's just a little more.
0: There isn't. There's so much more
1: left. There's... there's, there's
0: okay. Let's go. The okay. rock star loves his manager.
1: Yeah. The, yeah. He comes back early from he, the Elton John party. He visits John his party.
0: manager at his house, and he's like, hey, I was at the Elton John party, and you know what? Christmas is for family, and you're pretty much the only family I have. So let's watch porn together. And again, I'm like, why can't this fucking movie be about these two characters? Yeah. develop. they would probably be <laughs> phenomenal characters. And yeah, here, they're sure. just throwaway crap. And I'm like... I want to spend more time with them. Why can't I spend more time with them?
1: (laughs) Oh, no, but let's catch up with what Prime Minister Hugh Grant is doing. Oh, he's reading his Christmas cards. Yeah. And he's mopey, and then he reads
0: the one from the girl he fired. Oh, apologizes. In which she apologizes for the sexual assault that was performed (laughs) on her.
1: That she experienced, yes.
0: Yeah. She what didn't ask woman. for it.
1: It just happened. Uh, she's the perfect woman, isn't she? She yeah. apologizes.
0: And now <laughs> for... now that she's apologized, he calls the Bureau of Romantic and Contrivance. And, re- and they reprise the awful song that he was dancing to at the uh, when he was dancing and he got embarrassed. And then they go to the street where she lives, in which he doesn't know where she
1: lives. Yeah, because he didn't just look up her personnel record.
0: And then, yeah, and then he starts uh, ringing every single doorbell. And then uh, the door opens. Oh, no, it's the devil receptionist. Yep. what a coincidence. She lives right <sighs> next door. Weird, to, right? Natalie. to Natalie. And Natalie is such a rare
1: name. Apparently the only <laughs> Natalie in that neighborhood, luckily for the Prime Minister. Turns out Natalie and their family are going to they're going to school play. Yep. Oh, it's a big school play too. It's the it's the first year that all the schools in the area have gotten together to do one big school play, see. Yeah. yeah. Which makes it plausible Dude. that all those characters would be there.
0: Yeah. So, um why are the stand-ins going to the school
1: play, Steve? I don't know. They're going. We show them. They're going the, to yeah. the school play. It's a fun date. Is it? I, yeah, I guess. <laughs>
0: to go watch a bunch of eight year olds? Yeah. Okay, man, I'm going to say this right play. now. We finally see the school play, and the nativity scene is that's performed by idiot children is more imaginative than anything in this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah. got
0: Spider Man wearing a crown, it's got lobsters and octopuses, and mm-hmm. I don't know what else. And then that's over. I guess we're supposed to laugh at how funny that was, right? Yeah,
1: look, ha, ha, ha. Look, they got things wrong about it. Yeah. It's goofy. Look, look at the goofy kids and their goofy nativity scene.
0: So uh, the prime minister agrees to drive Natalie to the school play, and they almost get a chance to tell each other how they feel about each other. And then he agrees to go into the school play, and he runs into his sister who was also at the school play. And uh, then they go, they're going to watch it from backstage, right?
1: Yeah, because the... the oh, the condi- I missed
0: my favorite Joke
1: in the movie. Oh, uh, what was that, honey?
0: When he was ringing the doorbells and the little girls forced him to sing a Christmas carol, and he starts singing, and then the guy, his his bodyguard, starts singing, and he's yeah. got a rich, deep baritone voice. <laughs> was the only time I fucking laughed in this whole comedy.
1: <laughs> why are why, why, by the way, are are three like four year old girls allowed to answer the door? I think they live in alone. The middle of the night, <laughs> <laughs> they they live alone. Could you bring us some food? <laughs>
0: Mom's been gone for weeks. Mommy fell down and she won't get back up
1: again. <laughs> My mommy won't wake up. Mommy's green. <laughs> <laughs> also, Natalie's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, got to go.
0: So now we get to the song that the American girl is going to sing. Mm-hmm. What song is she singing, Steve? I have completely forgotten. All I Want for Christmas is You.
1: Oh, because of the... Th- yeah, there you go.
0: And uh, turns out...
1: It all ties together.
0: This eight-year-old girl singing the song not only gets a full band of other eight-year-olds who play like studio musicians, mm-hmm. but also uh, a full choir for it yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. This is a, a Christmas thing that happens all the time in England, right? Where you have a full stage
1: show? Sure. Apparently. Oh, okay. It's the first year year that all the schools got together.
0: Uh And then that's over. And she didn't notice him, did she? No, Didn't notice the little boy. Nope. And the look on his face looks like he's about to murder everybody. Yeah. He really does look like he's about to
1: kill everyone. Oh, I wish he would. (laughs) I wish he would just snap one of those drumsticks in half and just start gouging out eyes. Just... (laughs) (laughs)
0: so then uh, the Prime Minister and Natalie start kissing during the song and then uh, because it's that kind of movie the lights show them um, and uh, stuff happened They, they wave they got caught kissing everybody
1: applauds because I guess they think it's nice that the prime minister's getting some
0: yeah and uh, then Emma confronts her husband about the necklace kind of
1: yeah she's
0: like what are we going to do and he's like I'm an idiot so I guess he did have the affair right
1: I guess or it he had he had an emotional affair I guess I guess I don't know
0: and uh, then the kid runs up to uh, his dad and he's like didn't work I'm, I'm bummed I feel like murdering the world dad you, you set me up for failure yeah <laughs> He set me up. I know we both said that love is the most horrible thing in the world, and you're right, boy. And he's like, well, you know what we can do? Cause this isn't crazy. This girl that you haven't said more than two words of dialogue to, that you have not actually told us you'd never talk to? Let's uh, let's follow her so you can tell her how you feel before she leaves. Cause that's not creepy. Nope. But before they can leave, and we didn't reference this earlier, but he tells his eight year old son that um, if he met a woman that looked like Claudia Schiffer or Claudia Schiffer, that they would fuck in every room, including his bedroom.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he tells the kid that. Yeah, he tells the kid that. He says that to the young child. Yeah, Three and weeks get... after his mother died. Yeah, I'm, if I ever meet Claudia Schiffer, I'm going to fuck her in mm-hmm. your bedroom.
0: Isn't it nice that the woman that the father loves and the child loves was not much more than a teeny tiny little emotional speed bump, and three <laughs> weeks later they're fucking over it? They're just fucking yeah. over it. That's just they're how life is. They're fucking over
1: it. That's just, that's just the way life works. Is it? I, Great. Apparently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but as they're about to leave, he runs into a woman who looks exactly like Claudia Schiffer. Schiffer, that's so weird. Probably because Claudia Schiffer is playing her. <laughs> hmm. So now, Dead Mom is dead once and for all. <laughs> yep,
1: we have a new mom.
0: But they can't enjoy the moment because they're off to the airport. Apparently, Claudia Schiffer has a kid that goes there too, and she knows him and stuff. So that's not a setup for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the airport for love. Yep. And it's once again, this is not grief-inspired mania. This is just them for love, right? Oh, absolutely. And they get to the airport, and then um, the kid runs past security.
1: Yeah, with a helpful distraction from with Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. And shows up to do more not funny stuff.
0: And in the age of airports after 9-11, a thing they referenced at the beginning of this movie. Yep. That kid isn't shot dead for running past them towards the airplanes.
1: <laughs> he was white enough. He didn't raise any suspicions. <laughs> They didn't profile him.
0: He gets all the way up to, um, what's her face? She doesn't have a name. And <laughs> right before she's about to board the plane, and she says, oh, you're, whatever your name is, and he was, did he even say anything?
1: I think he, he expressed astonishment that she knew his name. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then the the cops run up. They don't arrest him. They don't give him a cavity search. They don't strip <laughs> his pants off and check his genitals to make sure he's not carrying anything. Nope. They don't book him. They don't keep him. They just, <laughs> oh, you scamp, and they. <laughs> Yeah. Just drop him off with yeah. his stepdad.
1: You little rascal.
0: And, uh, oh, but Steve, it's that movie. Yeah.
1: What happens? Well, the girl comes back and... And, and takes and, her clothes off. What did she do? Yeah, she... What? Well, no, she doesn't. She just... She gives him, like, a kiss. On the cheek. And on the cheek. And then he turns around to his stepdad, Liam Neeson, and he says, just kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is going to be the peak of my life. Just kill me right now.
0: So now we're uh, at the, we're at the, we're at in Portugal.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colin Firth has arrived.
0: And he's looking for Aurelia. He yeah. goes to Aurelia's house. The dad's there. And then he says, I want to marry your daughter. And he goes,
1: this one? And she's fat. He's like, and no. <laughs> she doesn't deserve love.
0: Yeah, fat people don't deserve love. I want nope. your other daughter, you know, the attractive one, the one with worth. <laughs> and he's like, okay, come on. She's working at a restaurant. And, uh, of course, because it's Portugal and they're backwards, stupid people mm-hmm. where nothing exciting happens. They all start following this guy To the restaurant So he's gathering a crowd as he goes Mainly because the sister says A line that I actually found funny Which was My father is
1: (laughs) Is selling Aurelia
0: (laughs) Is selling Aurelia To this uh, (laughs) This crazy English man (laughs) He shows up at the restaurant They see each other He speaks to her In very bad Portuguese
1: Yes Adorably bad Portuguese Yeah
0: She speaks to him In uh, bad English Hmm. He proposes She says yes And everyone applauds And then they kiss Yeah
1: Because it's one of those magical European villages where apparently nothing ever happens and yet they have this beautiful restaurant. <laughs> that, yeah. It's that pe- like
0: a four-star restaurant.
1: Yeah, yeah. That people would, you know, make reservations months in advance to even get into.
0: I wish I could tell everyone that the movie is open.
1: It's not, though. It's not.
0: Because now we... The countdown's over mm-hmm. and now it's one month later. Yeah, because... Because what and this movie really needs...
1: <laughs> everybody.
0: <this> everybody. <laughs> every. Fucking person Every Single Fucking one of them Is at the airport Yep Not only on the same day At
1: the same time At the same time For some reason Mm
0: Mm-hmm The American girl is back Yep And for some weird reason This person That she said one thing to And kissed on the cheek Is there to meet them Yep Liam is dating Claudia Schiffer I guess Because she's there Mm Mm-hmm well, it's been two months later. Good job. Yeah, yeah to hell with your dead. Hey, wife. you know what? I'm glad she's dead because yeah, you never would too. have gotten the Claudia Schiffer look-alike if she had died. And you know what? I bet your your son wouldn't have gotten this this American girlfriend. Oh, no, fuck it. It's better Yay. for everybody.
1: <laughs> The son has a new mommy and a new girlfriend. I mean, come on. It's great.
0: Turns out that everybody knows everybody, right?
1: Yeah, apparently.
0: Except for uh, Laura Linney's character. I don't think she's there, is she?
1: I don't think she is.
0: The last time we saw her, she was spending Christmas Eve with her lunatic brother.
1: (laughs) Her violently mentally ill brother. And then we saw her
0: briefly again at night when Carl walks up to her while they're closing up and he says goodnight and she says goodnight. That's it. That's it. That's the end of that story arc. I
1: guess that's just going to be her life. I'm
0: sorry. That's not an arc. That's the end of that story fizzle yeah that, yeah. that story dud yeah. firework that st- whatever you want to call it
1: because remember uh, women with troubled relatives don't deserve love either fat people and women with <laughs> with troubled relatives who they care about don't deserve hey, love
0: remember Colin that guy who went got in an airplane and flew to another movie yeah and wound up in a porno or a <laughs> 1980s sex comedy he
1: flew to an American Pie sequel <laughs> well he's back and he's brought girls with him mhm somehow. Yeah, I guess they could all afford to just take a trip to England.
0: Okay, so now we get another montage of people at an airport, all happy meeting each other, and the montage gets bigger and bigger and bigger, more and more people saying hi and meeting each other, and all oh, this gun tastes funny in my mouth. <laughs> oh, I didn't think it would be like this. Oh, look, the pictures are forming a heart on the screen. Ugh.
1: <sighs> Say it, Steve. The end. It's over. <laughs>
0: that is such a sweet two words. I've no. Ne- oh. It's over. Did I forget to mention that the movie literally spells out the meaning of the title of this movie at the very beginning? When he says a quote that's something like that love actually is a da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. And it says the whole sentence and then the other words drop away, so it just says love actually.
1: Also that's why it's called that. Very important information. Thank you, movie. Okay, Steve. Yeah, man. How how do you feel about this uh romance class? classic oh, love actually um I didn't I didn't like it <laughs> are you sure because this movie was
0: trying really hard to be your best friend
1: I didn't care for any of it I I, I you know what I you know what it feels like it feels like uh, it, it, they said, let's make a Harry Potter movie without any Harry Potter stuff. Let's just put all the British people what? into one movie. Let's put all the British people in a movie. And and it won't be a Harry Potter movie. It'll just be a bunch of famous British people just I think out. what
0: happened was they, they put out a call to all British actors had to report to a room. They all <laughs> got in a room. They, and locked they said the room. No, they said, these doors are going to close in 10 seconds. Who's ever left in here is going to be in love actually. The strong ones got out. Out. Peter O'Toole picked up picked up a person and cut a swath to the door. He said, "Nothing is going to stop me from my booze."
1: He battered He battered the door down and then locked it shut behind he him. He
0: picked up Bob Hoskins and used him as a battering ram.
1: We're getting out of here. <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's 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 really shocking watching the, the movie and you get to the end of it and how little effort was put forward in establishing any of these characters yep. as anybody uh-huh. there is no reason to care about any of these people other than like a sort of lingering affection for the people playing them yeah you know you think oh i like alan rickman oh i like martin freeman you know oh i like Kieran knightley I, I like laura linney and it's like that's all you get because there is no no reason to care about any of these people nope. other than the actors playing them, and some of them, as we mentioned in our summary, are fucking awful people. Are yep. just loathsome, nasty, horrible people, yeah. and and we're supposed to be invested in them having a happy ending. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really it's it's stunning how how lazily written it is and how miscalculated some of the characters are. I mean, the the dude who holds up the signs to Kira Knightley. That yeah. scene, that scene is so wrong in so many ways. It's Here, deeply wrong. It's so deeply wrong. And how fucked up is it that it has become like shorthand for a romantic scene? There, it, it's sort of it's referenced by some people the same way, like John Cusack holding up the boombox is referenced. By the way, as um, like a, that's
0: a, that scene is not romantic either.
1: Oh no, no, but but I, I'm not. That is that, the but, scene
0: of a boyfriend who has broken. Let's let's imagine that you had a girlfriend
1: that you broke up with, Steve. Oh yeah, and then I and I,
0: then she stood on the hood of a car outside of your apartment playing the song on full blast on a boombox that you fucked to the first time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I, you know, unfortunately, that is, that is a, it's just sort of a, a, trope of romantic comedies where, you uh-huh. know, the, the the hero will do something incredibly inappropriate and it'll, some, <laughs> and it'll work. Like, it'll, it'll work. And the, and the girl yeah. will be like, oh, I love him now. Um, Movie logic I mean, says that you can do something
0: extraordinarily awful, Yeah, but in the context of the film, it's good because it's demonstrating how much you love them. Exactly. I'm waiting for the film where it's like, look, I have the head of your grandma. I'm going to fuck <laughs> it now. I'm going to fuck it now to a Beatles song and you're going to love me again. And they'll frame it just right. Idiots will go, that was the most romantic scene in the world where he's fucking that dead grandma's <laughs> neck stump.
1: But it was the song that was playing when they had their first kiss at her grandma's house. <laughs> But yeah, so there's that scene, right, where the guy shows up and he's not even he's not even trying to steal her from her husband. No. Which in a weird way would have it would have been maybe a little better. Because at mm-hmm. least he would have had some romantic motivation. He just shows up to unburden his soul to this woman for purely selfish reasons. Yep. Just just to get it off his chest. Yeah. So now every time they're with they're with each other for the rest of their lives, it's gonna be super weird for her. Uh his best friend is gonna be out of the loop on it. He's not gonna even know that his wife is is the object of this huge crush of his best friend. Mm. I mean, the guy, and all he had to do, all, all the guy had to do was just suck it up and keep his mouth shut.
0: He didn't even have to do that. He could have said, oh, I separated all the elements of the video so that I can edit together. Really nice. This is just all your stuff.
1: He uh, Well, if he, if he wasn't a fool, you know how long like, it took me to think of that <laughs> while we were having this conversation just now, while it was happening on the fucking screen, <laughs> I came up with a perfect excuse. Always oh, not going to use it. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, mean, could you imagine where she has the,
0: the she has this dawning look on her face? Oh, it's just of me, and she tried to turn it and said, "It's just, it's just of me," and then he just could have lied, and that would have been the end of it.
1: The, the end. But yeah, so so that scene and the fact that that scene is presented as as him behaving in anywhere near an acceptable way uh, is is incredibly troubling. The, Remember, the,
0: guys, if you feel love, you have to tell the person. Yeah,
1: even if it will ruin other people's lives. Yep. You. Your number one priority is to tell the other person how you feel, even if exactly. it would be better for everybody if you just kept it the fuck to yourself. Yeah, and got and over it. Got over it and moved on. Uh-huh. Because because you're swimming in beautiful people in this universe, this movie <laughs> universe. There's nothing but beautiful people. Yep. And everybody falls in love with everybody. So it's not like he's gonna be living alone forever. I mm-hmm. mean, but yeah. So there's that. There's I mean the the Martin Freeman story where it's just the same scene over and over and over and um, over again.
0: Yeah, the, you completely pointless filler
1: yeah and it's like and and i i know martin freeman i've been a martin freeman fan since the office i love him yeah. i'm always yeah. happy to see him in movies or in anything and it's like if i didn't know him if i had no idea who he was that's just completely pointless let's
0: there, break down this story real quick two people simulate sex acts in a movie then they go out on a date
1: that's it the, the, the end <laughs> but well and see that 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 hits on a larger problem with all of the individual stories in the movie which is there's not with the exception of the Alan Rickman Emma Thompson story for a little bit when she finds the necklace before mm-hmm. she finds out that it's not for her other than that that, has no resolution that has no resolution other than that there is there's no tension or uncertainty or anything in any of these stories There's that,
0: a bunch of story ideas
1: Yeah none of them are anything other than a foregone conclusion there's there's, there's never a moment when you think that the Prime Minister and Natalie might not wind up together. Yeah. There's, there's no moment when, when you, you think that, that any of, even, even the fucking asshole Colin who goes to America you don't expect it to be as cartoonish as it turns out. Yeah. But you never I mean, you know, they're all gonna get fucking happy endings. Even in Laura truth, Linney. he
0: should have walked into a bar that was filled with men dressed in winter clothing yeah. who took no notice of him at all or in fact beat him up because he was yeah. foreign.
1: Yeah, they were, they were angry <laughs> And drinking because it was the end of the week, and they were pissed yeah. off, and they didn't want to go home and fucking have to endure their families.
0: And then this limey comes in, and he's like, "Well, the girls at <laughs> I want to fuck American yeah. girls."
1: And then they feed him <laughs> a fucking beer mug. <laughs> And that's the end of his story. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and the other thing that I noticed was almost all of these stories are are men's stories. Mm-hmm. And the few stories that are women's stories, like the Laura Linney story, they, they don't have... They're the, they're the ones that don't have the happy romantic resolution. Laura Linney's happy ending is, well, she doesn't get to be with the guy she wants to be with, but she gets yeah. to, to spend Christmas with her... Her, her, her lunatic... Little, yeah. Her, her brother in, the, in the, 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 the mental hospital. And I mm-hmm. guess that's supposed to be good enough for her because people who have... You you know, mentally challenged relatives. Yeah they, yeah, they don't. They don't get to be loved. They don't deserve love. Sorry, fat no. people and people with mentally ill relatives don't get to. Don't get to be loved. <laughs> and you know, it's just. It's I'm, I'm going to
0: snip that right out. And I'm going to play it on a video on YouTube. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Hey, listen to what Steve Shime said. Yeah. This is fat his real people opinion. And, <laughs> and mentally ill people don't deserve love.
1: <laughs> this is his actual opinion. Um, <laughs> he really said this and that's what it means trust me i'm not I, i'm not a dishonest piece of shit um <laughs> No, so but yeah, so that's that's the movie. It's a bunch of really obvious paper-thin stories that go yep. nowhere, that have only the most obvious resolutions, and if you dig mm-hmm. a little bit under the surface and look at some of the the themes and the messaging, it's fucking horrifying that w- certain types of women don't deserve love and men behaving like creeps should be rewarded with getting obsessive with the girl creeps. They want. obsessive creeps. Uh, obsessive creeps. It's it's and and on top of all that, maybe it's worst sin of all considering that it's a movie and supposedly a comedy a romantic comedy it's not romantic it's not even within a hundred miles of fucking funny nope so it's one of those movies that it it has become very popular with a lot of people and specifically that scene where he's holding up the signs to Keira Knightley has become like a meme and it's one of those instances where like I just don't get it Mm-hmm. I don't get why this is a movie that anybody even knows, let alone yeah. is like a popular movie. So I will, yeah. I, I will step back at this point and cede the floor to you because I, I just, oh, I don't like this movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hi everybody, it's me. Anyway, um, <laughs> gee, I don't have a counter opinion to that because I agree with just about everything he said. I will add this in. Taken on their own, the individual stories sound like movie pitches because that's what they probably were. Yeah. Let's 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 take a look at some of them. The uh, washed up. Rockstar who is uh, doing a senseless cash grab um, in order to maintain his rock star lifestyle who's abusive to his manager and then discovers that his manager is the only person that he actually really cares about that's a movie yeah. how about the uh, be- best friend of a guy who gets married and it turns out he loves I mean it's not gonna be a good movie but it turns <laughs> out that he loves the woman as obsessed with her and then he admits it and and then other things happen that's a movie pitch uh, the uh, fair one Alan Rickman and, and Emma that's a movie pitch uh all of these are just sound like movie pitches, yeah. And they were undeveloped stories, and someone went, "Well, why develop any of these characters and make the Laura Linney story?" That's a, that's a, that's one right there. That could be turned into a movie too. The problem with this film is that they present these these things as if they are fleshed out to the point in which we are supposed to care about them. We don't. We don't know any of these people. They cut away from them so often and so frequently that you don't ever get to develop any sense of knowing who these people are, other than being caricatures. And one of the one of the things is is that before you start realizing, oh, wait, I don't understand anything about these people. They cut to something else. And yeah. there are long stretches between learning stuff about these characters. And then eventually they don't pan out, or they don't, they, or they peter out. The story about the stepfather trying to find love for his son because uh, what's-her-name just died. That's a movie! Right there! <laughs> yep. Colin Firth starting over by going to France and having communications problems with his Portuguese housekeeper and falling in love with her. That's a movie! Right there! I, I'm i sorry you're too fucking lazy to write these stories out into 2 hours lengths. Maybe the pitches didn't go well. And you're like, I want to write a story about this. It sounds stupid. Well, how? okay. How about this? These movie standards, that sounds stupid too. Do something else. How about one where there's an angel?
1: Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) No.
0: Okay, how about I make an American sex comedy about a British guy who goes to America? No! I'll show you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take ten of these stories, and I won't develop them anywhere past other than them being caricatures. You know, put them all in the movie, and I'm going to trick a whole bunch of people to think that this is not only funny, because there's going to be nudity parts. But, (laughs) I mean, it's like all of the stereotypical things you find in a romantic comedy just kind of chopped up and thrown together, and it's awful. It's just, guys, I know, some people like romance, into comedies, and you might like this movie. It's possible. I can see how someone could possibly like it, so long as they don't invest a whole lot into it. Now, I'm one of those people where I need to invest in the characters for me to care, and I'm never given enough of these characters to give a fuck. I'm given things that could, you know, because they're doing shorthand on all of these stories, because they're cramming them all into a two-hour length, more or less. Two hours and ten minutes, I think. But that, I need more than that. In order for me to care about people, I need to know who they are, and you never get to know who any of these people are. At any point, this movie is bad, badly paced, badly edited, and you only get to spend brief periods of time in some people you want to get to know. Now, here's the thing: are they are these characters performed badly?
1: Nope, no.
0: nope, not a one. Remarkably well acted, but that's easy to do if you're a fucking professional actor.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I don't think some of these people spent more than ten minutes filming this thing. If you took, if you re-edited this movie, Steve, and you took all of the individual stories and edited them together into individual stories, each one wouldn't be more than 12 minutes long at no, best. Yeah. But they chopped it all together and made 10 and, you know, put them all together and and uh, shuffled them like a deck of cards and uh, had a, the stupid happy ending at the airport where everybody's there and we're supposed to like it. Well, I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it. I felt dumber after having watched it <laughs> and angry that someone, someone, not uh, several p- someone's greenlit this yeah. and didn't see it for what it was, which was just a jumbled fucking mess. So not classic. No. no. Cock. Cock.
1: <laughs> See what you've reduced me to? Hey, here's an idea: if you plan a big climactic scene at uh, a Christmas pageant, and there are a few of your stories where the characters don't end up there, maybe just cut those characters out of the movie. Here's it's, an idea: it, instead of if, adding an airport epilogue where they're all there for some reason.
0: If you're looking at a whole bunch of scripts that you never finished, burn them,
1: burn them. <laughs> don't just
0: fucking burn them.
1: <laughs> don't smash them all into one movie.
0: Burn them. Don't put them. No, don't. What are you doing? <laughs> They don't stack like that. You're stapling them together.
1: Richard... (laughs) Richard, step away from the desk.
0: <laughs> so yeah, guys, uh, I hate it. Let's talk about good movies, please. Oh God, please let's talk about movies that we want people to see. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Um, well, I was, uh, I was actually when I was considering what movie to recommend, I was torn because on on one hand, I thought maybe I should recommend like a romantic comedy that I like, but then on the other hand, I thought maybe I could recommend like an ensemble movie. Oh because yeah, because this yeah, is like an that. ensemble movie that is just a total fucking failure as an ensemble. <laughs> movie. Um, and there are yeah, lots yeah. of great ensemble movies that that I could recommend so i, I, yeah. I actually I, I think that's, that's i
0: I think you're gonna do an Altman film now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what makes you say that <laughs> just because <laughs>
2: Just
1: let's because, see if Jason was right just because that he was the director that, that, that perfected that
0: genre format. he's like wait this only has two characters in it I'll have an epileptic seizure <laughs> if there's only two we have like, to have
1: at least 28 we need to have like 30 characters come on <laughs> um, this isn't I mean it, the Love actually attempts this and fails miserably but there there yep. have been directors who have used that format to great effect and one of them and the most the, the most noteworthy of course uh, and the one who everybody tries to emulate late yeah. who tries to do these kinds of movies is of course Robert Altman and yep. Robert Altman's um probably his his most well-known of these type of films uh is a movie that he made in the 70s called Nashville hey. that is a great movie and yes, is and is. and is is a comedy sort of it's like a com- it's like mm-hmm. a comedy sort of a satire you know and yeah. and uh like love actually it has a humongous cast it has tons of characters it has really if you're a fan of movies, especially from the 70s and the, and even the 80s, because some of these people went on to have really good careers, you'll yep. recognize people in, like Ned Beatty and Keith Carradine uh-huh. and uh-huh. Scott Glenn, one of my very favorite actors ever, and Henry Gibson, a poem by Henry Gibson. Um, and... <laughs> And uh, Karen Black (laughs) and uh, Barbara Harris and Jeff Goldblum, just a ton of people who sort of, some of them have big roles, uh, Lily Tomlin. uh, Mm -hmm. Some of them have have really important roles and some of them just sort of pop up every now and then. And you're like, oh, hey, that's Jeff Goldblum. Um, And it's just, and uh, unlike Love, actually, it's a really, really good movie. (laughs) It's it's considered by some to be the greatest film that Altman ever made. And that is saying Mm -hmm. a lot because Altman made some really great movies. Um, And it's a format that he returned to throughout his career he also made shortcuts which is similar to this and he also made yeah. Gosford Park which is similar to this with big casts and lots of different parallel stories but I think if you're going to recommend one of these you have to recommend Nashville it takes place uh, sort of in the lead-up to like a big political convention and there's a lot of stuff in it about country music and about politics and about sort of local Nashville culture and uh, it's just a really really terrific movie it's, it's a classic if you've never seen an Altman movie it's a great place to start with Altman um, and if you look at a movie like Love Action actually and you think oh my god this is terrible there are too many people in this movie there's a way to do this right <laughs> and, uh-huh. and and Altman is one who cracked the code and figured out how to do a huge ensemble movie like this uh, yep. and, and do it the right way where, where it has meaning and it all sort of comes together and it makes sense and you actually care about what happens uh, so that's my recommendation Nashville go check that out yay
0: well what I after watching this film there's only one thing that I can really recommend and that's sitting in the dark staring at your hands listening to the winds blow and tear at your soul.
1: It would be it would be funnier than this.
0: <laughs> but you guys want a, a cinematic recommendation, and so as you know, I always choose a movie from the year that this movie was released. And two thousand three was a shit pile. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, totally. There were some popular movies. I think Finding uh, Nemo came out that year, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the Lord of the Rings movies, which I like a lot, but mm-hmm. Steve doesn't, came out that year. But there's one movie in which I wanted some romance, some realistic romance, after all of this fake bullshit. <laughs> so the only movie that I can think of that I actually had real romance in which two people fell in love, kind of in a weird way, <laughs> is a little movie that I like to call American Splendor. Oh, hey, Yeah. Now, for those of you who don't know, American Splendor is about uh, Harvey Picar, mm-hmm. who was a comic book writer, and he wrote um, kind of semi autobiographical, uh, philosophical pieces uh, starting in the 70s. He worked with uh, um, Crum and a whole bunch of other people, and he wrote a series of comic books. He's very influential to the comic book medium. And uh, two uh, directors were better known for doing documentaries. In fact, they were going to approach this as a documentary at first uh, by the name of uh, Sherry Springer Berman and uh, Robert Pul- Chini wanted to do American Splendor and so it's, the movie's really difficult to describe. It is part documentary in which you actually see Harvey Pekar as himself in the film, but it also has Paul Giamatti playing Harvey Pekar so it flips back and forth between documentary stuff, real stuff and it basically tells his life and in the end he falls in love with Hope Davis eh, who plays uh, Joyce Barber, uh, Brabner excuse me, and then they stay married until uh, Harvey's unfortunate death in 20, 2010. Now this movie came out in 2000 3, so he's still alive at the end of the movie, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a broken guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he may not be someone that you like at all in any way, shape, or form. He may be someone you find kind of find weirdly endearing, but uh, the one thing that you can't say about this movie is that it is not interesting, and holy shit is Paul Giamatti earning his goddamn money in this movie? <laughs> because it's great. There are scenes that are animated. There are scenes that are interviews. There are scenes that are completely acted. It's a wonderful movie. If it's really hard to describe so if you yeah. haven't seen it go look it up american splendor is a great film and it has a relationship towards the end that is important to those two characters and is bizarre and what makes it even better is that it actually happened you know yeah those two people relate not only the real people relate what happened but you know you also see it played out as semi-fictionalized through you know film narrative by actors um not very many other noteworthy uh, people in it a couple of character actors that i really 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 like are in it Playing different characters. I think the only other name I think is Judah Friedlander. For the love of God, that's in it. Um, but I strongly—it's one of my favorite films. I strongly recommend American Splendor, and it's not really a romance, guys. But fuck it, fuck, fuck it, <laughs> fuck you, movie. You know what? I man, I'm—it's a good thing I'm not film czar of the United States because in 2003, I would have just said enough, Britain. You're done. Keep it to
1: yourself. <laughs> You're out of here.
0: So that's it. Hey, you guys. Do. You- Agree with this? You better. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's good for you. But if you don't, that's fine. If you like the movie and you think it's just, you know, a perfectly good way to waste two hours of your time as it floats down a toilet bowl that you can never get back, and you're like, I need that for the end of my life. Well, you're not getting it back. But if you think it's fine, fine. We're not here to tell you what to like. No. We're just here to make fun of something or to express our pain.
1: Right, Steve? Yeah, and, and this this is one of those shows where we got to do both. So Yeah, it's yeah. true. That's true. I'm never watching that
0: fucking piece of shit over. No. I wish God I knew I it. wish
1: I could target the brain cells that hold those memories and just I am it.
0: now afraid that I'm going to go to an airport and start having Vietnam like
1: flashbacks.
0: <laughs>
1: Jason, Jason. oh, he's... Where are you, man? Talk to you. Talk. Let's talk. We'll talk through it. <laughs> I, I'm behind the bar curled in a ball. Okay. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson's I... doing some unfunny comic business. I can't make him stop.
0: <laughs> But if you don't, yeah, leave a comment down in the comment section on SoundCloud or send us, uh, go to the Let Me Listen podcast website and leave a comment for us there. We love getting it. And uh, now we discuss what we're going to review next. And I can't remember, Steve. I can't. Honestly, so much of my brain has been damaged by even reliving this fucking movie. We talked about something. It better be the polar opposite of what this fucking movie was.
1: Well, um, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Okay. It stars one Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh-huh. And he plays a role that yeah. is that has what, like a
0: Kaiser roll, that has, like a bread roll, yes. a hamburger
1: bun. It's one of his lesser-known features. <laughs> I am bread now.
0: <laughs> you would, you would bow down. Put to your the meat bread. in me. <laughs> I will hold the meat.
1: Get to the toaster. <laughs>
0: This is hello we've sung. Yeah, this is um, no, this is what
1: the movie did to us, Steve. It's <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a literary adaptation oh. of a classic character from literature.
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger's Wuthering Heights.
1: Yes, exactly. No, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Dracula.
0: now I will suck the blood. children of the night. What what beautiful music
1: they make! <laughs> get down! It's Van Helsing here. He comes. Get down! <laughs> get,
0: get down! Uh... Suck on this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's actually Last of the Mohican. Schwarzenegger plays uh, Hawkeye. It's beautiful.
0: <laughs>
1: no matter okay, what it so goes, far... stay alive and I will find you. Get down! <laughs> okay, so You're... it's literary? Okay. It's it's, uh, it's
0: literary. Uh, yeah,
1: and he doesn't okay. wear a whole lot of clothes and he swings a sword around.
0: He's, he plays Fanny Hill?
1: And he, yes! Who are
0: we yes. with?
1: It's Conan the Barbarian. We're doing Conan the <gasps> oh,
0: Barbarian. Oh! Conan the Barbarian! Yeah. That is the polar opposite of this. I know. It's going to be great. I really hope I'm not forgetting some awful scene where he holds up placards to some dude, <laughs> pretend that I am a druid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill you in a minute.
1: I just want with to hear the lamentations sword. of your women. <laughs> <laughs> without hope or agenda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, you heard it, guys. If you want to get all the jokes, then go watch Conan the Barbarian. I'm sure you'll find it anywhere mm-hmm. at this point. That was the only saving grace about this fucking movie,
1: Steve. Yep. You don't want to know what that was? I think I know, but go for it.
0: It was on Netflix. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Free movie. I didn't have to pay a fucking dime. <laughs> I, exactly.
0: All I have to do is to get my money back is to watch uh, Luke Cage five more times.
1: <laughs> That'll cleanse it. That'll. <laughs> oh, boy, it will. Uh, Anyways, yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, Conan the Barbarian. I'm already happy. I know. <laughs> it's like I'm. I'm already. I'm looking forward to it now. It's like life, life <laughs> has 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 meaning again.
0: Okay, folks, for late
1: seating. This has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. And here's an important message from your uncle Steve: Don't buy drugs. Become a podcaster, and they give them to you for free.
0: Wait a minute. Yeah. What?
1: When you become a a podcaster, they give you free drugs, yeah. Who gives you free drugs? It's Just people. They just, they're like, hey, are you the guy from Late Seating? And I'm like, yeah, here, have some, they just, they give me drugs all the time. How do they recognize you? (laughs) Well, I I guess they hear me talking.
0: Like you go into a, you're ordering ice cream and you're like, you know, this reminds me of a scene from uh, Caligula. Yeah. And you remember that Bob, who made it? I don't know.
2: Penthouse did.
1: Bob Guccione. Yeah, yeah, you know, that Italian stereotype hey, guy Let's end the podcast On a stereotype, huh? <laughs> um, no, it, uh, I haven't gotten drug
0: one Holy shit, that would have made this movie Easier to bear. <laughs> I gotta talk more in public About movies, I guess
1: Yeah, uh, they give me, I've got I, I mean, I can share some with you if you want I've got some really good stuff They give me Benadryl, oh, yeah. they give me Ooh, Advil bo- um, I have an Excedrin migraine I can let you have
0: you're in a home, aren't you? Uh, what? They <laughs> someone put you in a podcaster's home early. You already act enough like an old man. Um, are you sure that's just not the nurse dispensing your
1: medication? I think this one's a Motrin. <laughs> and this is—I think this is a Nyquil gel cap. This is this is this is a hot item.
0: Steve, does someone yeah? come and change you and bathe you at some point? N- um, no, no,
1: I can no. Let's we don't no. <laughs>
0: No. What time is dinner served? And is it all soft it's, food?
1: Well, I mean, it, 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 they start serving it at two, and you want to, you know, <laughs> you don't want to be the last one to eat, so you want to get there right when they start, you know. Okay, I, I'm starting to see where where you're coming from. Oh, this is the saddest note we've ended on?
0: But I don't think, even though you're more than ten years younger than me, mm-hmm. there is no doubt in my mind you're going to the home first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> up here, I'm already there.
0: At some point, you're going to stand up in a movie theater and go, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you call this an X-Men movie? In my day, X-Men wore black jumpsuits <laughs> and was played by huge
1: Jackman. Dude, my Wolverine was a real man. <laughs> we knew he was too tall for the role, but we didn't care. <laughs> Your breaking point is... 20 years
0: from now when they start remaking Werner Herzog films but but reverse casting them and making them happy oh god I come here for soul searching deep introspection I don't remember there being a happy ending or a love interest
1: the grizzly's supposed to eat him god damn it (laughs) He's not supposed
0: to open a goddamn zoo. He's supposed to die. <laughs> You're killing me.
1: <laughs>
2: Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.
0: <laughs> Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Music by Kevin McLeod Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen podcasts at our website at www.lemmylistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Lemmy Listen. Please like and leave a review. And thanks for listening.